Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, Palm. Follow me on Twitter at dpalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at udpod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guess it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts for absolutely free. There's a review feature on Spotify now. So just do me a huge solid. And just go drop over there to the, I guess, I don't know where it's on your screen. Find it on your screen. Click on the thing, five stars. It's very simple. I don't think they allow you to leave words, but if they do, make them nice words, please. Now, I promise this podcast will not just be a 52-week celebration of the Georgia national title. I promise. But I'm going to need y'all to roll with me for a couple of weeks here, at least this week, because I got on the line today one of my good friends who I met because of Georgia football. Um, so, like, brief history of Deep Home. At a certain point, I chased my then-girlfriend and now-wife to Philadelphia. And when I moved to Philadelphia, I didn't have any friends to talk about sports with. My old roommate, Chad, said, hey, do you want to write for this website, jujucrazy.net? I said, I'd love to write. I love writing. So I started writing for Andrew Hall, you've heard on this podcast, and alongside Chad. Along the way, they hired this guy. And I say hired. We were never paid. <laughs> no. Hired. <laughs> He started right. He was gained site access. Um, my friend online, Jason Smith, and I hated it because I had to focus to right now because he's that good. Like I love Chad and Andrew. I was I thought I could write better than them. Smith, like when Smith goes in his bag, it's a problem. Wait, you got no. I'm a thousand. This is a thousand percent. Like it's now security speaking. I I read what you wrote for Dog Sports, and I'm sorry, Jason Smith, DogSports.com. Um, where else can they find you? Uh, at the moment, just teaching at Tigaloo College, honestly. But other than that, nowhere else. I'm not. I, I, I well, I, you can find my writing also at uh, BeyondTheTrestle.com, um, okay. which is another Georgia blog. Um, there are a couple of posts that are up there. Um, and I don't, but other than that, no, no current bylines really going on anywhere. I'm kind of, I'm working my job and that's pretty much it. I don't have, don't, I don't put, I don't, I don't go to the bag very often. I would say so this is a rare occasion. When you do, we'll get to the back in a second. I want to have you on originally. I want to have all my friends who, who are going to celebrate this with me on because I mean, 41 years, who knows next time? I mean, mm. I'm good. I'm good for the next five or so. Like no one, you, I, George is not top 25 school, but who cares? Yep. Who cares? <laughs> Don't I'm care. Good. You, you can't hurt me. Georgia can't hurt me anymore. Um, my fanhood comes from going to games when I was in middle school with one of my good friends. His family had season tickets. They took me a couple times. I loved the experience. It's a great, great memories for me. I like your fanhood because it's like the opposite. So can you give, <laughs> I guess, the listeners who don't know you, your bulldog bona fides for just I kind of like a 30,000 foot view? Yeah, so um, I grew up in a small town in central Georgia where there's very little to do. Um, and my mom and dad both went to Georgia. They were both, I think, uh, mom was a sophomore, my dad was a freshman. Um, I may be getting that wrong. They were, uh, they were there in the 80s, so th- their first. Uh, Georgia football experience basically it was like the 79 season and then the 80 season. Um, so they were in New Orleans. They were in Florida to see Lindsey Scott run the uh, run the touchdown all the way back. They were in 
New Orleans in the Superdome to see Georgia win the national title. Um, my mom rushed the field uh, in the Superdome that day. Um, and then, so, you know, really no hope of ever growing up without being completely brainwashed into this fandom. And so, right. Yeah. And so I grew up, um, you know, watching Georgia games religiously, listening to Larry Munson on the on a big stereo we had in our house while the game was on. Um, Cause you used to be able to do that. It would line up with the TV um, right. and then wearing out VHS tapes of the 1980 highlight reel, 25 years of Georgia football. So hearing about like Fran Tarkenton and, and Charlie Trippy and Frank Sinkwich, all that stuff. And then also Munson's greatest calls. And so my, I actually, I don't think I've mentioned this in the piece, but I, I actually like wrote a letter at one point to the local radio station asking to let me do play-by-play of like local peewee little league football to like (laughs) (laughs) to do my larry munson thing and so i grew up obsessed with larry munson voices georgia bulldogs for folks that maybe don't know that on the podcast um and so that was it was you know the one of the central places of my life was following georgia football um and then went to georgia my sister went to georgia met my wife at georgia um, you know, just, and uncomfortably <laughs> makes me uncomfortable to think about how big of a deal that place and school and team and culture kind of is to who I am as a person. Um, but yeah, just pretty much grew up steeped in it. That's awesome. And like, that's, that's what I was so happy the night. Like I was, I felt emotions. I wasn't exactly expecting when they won. Yeah. And reading your piece, like you and I had the exact same moment of him catching that pick. Like once I established he caught it, my head went in my hands. Yeah. I didn't see, I didn't see him score live. Susan started screaming and shaking me, and I looked up, and I, he had just crossed the 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 the, uh, the goal line. Yeah. I, I think I didn't get back into the room. So in the, in the piece I note that like I I'd I'd like leapt, hollered, and went running into the bedroom so as not to wake my kids up. Um, and cause I was, you know, five-year-old and a one and a half-year-old. Um, and I actually, we actually did end up waking the five-year-old up, which turned out to be yeah. awesome, but we'll talk about it a little later. Um, but so, and I ran into the bedroom that was right off the living room just to like holler into a pillow because I didn't want to wake the kids up. And I can hear my wife in the other room, like doing exactly what Susan's doing, like screaming and like going, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm thinking she's just like going nuts because like we're going to win the game. (laughs) And I walk back in and like I think he'd already done his like little he's sort of like peeling off out of the back of the end zone by the time I even get in there. And I'm I'm looking at Rachel like what just happened? And she's like, he scored. I'm like, he scored. How did he do that? (laughs) And like we had to, you know, I think I I think I waited till the replay and then backed it up to watch it again. But um, (laughs) so many great things about that play of, you know. Tyndall sealing this wonderful block and then poor Dan Jackson being thrown 30 yards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, so um, that, I, I have very similar experiences. I, I didn't see it at all. So one of the things I love about the piece, and we'll talk about it and like go deeper to it in a second, is you capture kind of the palpable, the no. Mm. You capture that feeling. And so I've, oh, here's so here. Let date myself for our friendship. I've been with Susan now for about 10 years. Yeah. And when we started dating, she was the person who in high school was like football gross. Like she, when I, when I, when we started dating, she was like, wait, people get together on Saturdays and do this together. I'm like, 
oh, oh you're going to introduce yourself <laughs> to a very large part of my life. And the first part of this, the first season she ever followed Georgia was SEC Championship. Oof. Okay. And, and it was the same year the Falcons almost made the Super Bowl. And both those games ended on the same end of the field in the same stadium. And she was like, oh, that's heartbreaking. But, man, what a ride. I was like, I need you to understand. This isn't life. That was something weird and special. And this will never happen again. And then to see her go from that to last Monday. Yeah. And then I just can't. So let's talk about these. Dogsports.com. Uh, it's top of the page right now. It's called "For Those We Love Who Should Be Here," and it's beautiful writing. It's 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 what you capture a lot of you capture it in a way that I didn't know I needed to be captured. What spurned this? What 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 was the seed that had to birth this? Well, so part of it, it, it well, yeah. So I have had this piece in draft form on my computer for five years, I think, um, tw- since 2017. Um, because I wrote, and maybe even earlier than that, honestly, I think I've started writing it mid 2017 because the first piece that I ever wrote for dog sports um, was about the blackout, the Georgia Auburn blackout game. Um, and the ending of that piece, which I shared kind of like side by sides with them is the first thing that I ever wrote for any kind of like, sports blog that was not due to crazy um because we had kind of transit we were i think i can't remember if we're transitioning out of that or not but i sent it to them and the ending of that piece about the blackout is talking about how the blackout sort of taught a whole new generation of bulldogs to believe and i mentioned the clock saying no 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 which is this aside from a larry munson call in the 1984 clemson game and that I kind of like made into this for this was not just like for the sake of this piece, like me existentially had like been thinking about this as like this way of summing up Georgia football. That the clock always says no. And that what Georgia is fighting against is not just like, you know, Nick Saban, Nick Saban and other teams. It's like time and the process and existence, basically. It's what it feels like. Um, and so I was playing off of that. And at the end of that piece on the blackout, I say. You know, like this moment of the blackout game was the first time that this new generation of Bulldog fans started to believe the clock might say something different, that one day the clock might say yes. And I have, and so I had that written, and I was like, immediately after I wrote that, I was like, okay, if we ever do win it, I probably will never live to see it. But if we do win it, <laughs> I'm like, I think I wrote the ending to a piece was not this piece specifically, but I wrote an ending to a piece that would end like that of, I need to tell you that on insert date, I think I had like parentheses, insert date, at approximately insert time, the clock said yes. And so like had been, so part of the thing that spurned it is I've been planning to do this whenever the natty happened. I just didn't know when it was gonna happen or if it would happen. Right. And so that was like the inside riders thing. Like the thing that spurred it, I think more so just like emotionally was like losing a lot of people in between, it's just what I was thinking about Palmer is I, like, I think 41 years is a really interesting time span because it's not like when the Cubs and the Sox beat their curse, when that kind of stuff happens is like century old. What you're looking for is like, who is still alive that would kind of remember this, right? Like, oh my God, this person isn't dead. Look at them. They were like in diapers when the Red Sox won the World Series, right? 
at 41 years though is that perfect gap of like there are two generations that still remember this and were there and there are three probably that like have never seen it in their lives but it's not so long that people are have gone on and left us in a way that like doesn't seem natural you know like you've gone on and like old age at that point is like well it was 100 years ago so like of course a whole bunch of people have left right, right. 41 years is like that right little sweet spot of you know there are people who should be here um who should be able to see this uh that are not for reasons that can't be put back either from a pandemic as uh as carol dog sports longtime content moderator um was taken from us or you know cancer which i have two people in the in the piece uh, my granddad and one of our best friends from nashville or just like old age kind of getting to you um in the american healthcare system as my my other grandfather um and so it was kind of like that feeling of you know i wanted to talk about how this moment had to carry the weight of all that that like we that i knew that especially like not to mention a pandemic but like i just think so many people from georgia fandom had been waiting for this the length of a lifetime and for some that meant literally they had waited past other people's lifetimes um and we get to be the people that were alive to see it and I think, you know, sort of the thing that like broke me that night when when Keeley scored was like, that's not promised. Like, you don't you know, you don't get that guaranteed. And you know, I think we all kind of started to think about it in 2016 and 2017. But then, like, you know, you go down like that in 2017. And I know I know you were probably thinking this, too. But like every year after that, you're looking around going, my God, was that the one like was that the window? Like now it's over like. Like it's really gonna like we're gonna are we gonna like regress? Is there gonna be some like NCAA violation and Kirby's gonna go down and we're gonna like not be able to ever get back there? Like I, I had come to a very weird, like settled place where I was like, if that's as good as it gets, that's better than me. I was like, I got to be I was in the building, like I was like, it sucked. Like the ending sucked. But it was a great weekend. Yeah. And I, I had come kind of to terms with I may not see a title, but who gets to see a title? Like it's a short list. We say we want parody. We don't want parody. We celebrate <laughs> greatness. This is what this country's built on. Yeah. We love an upset in the first weekend of March Madness, but if it was a bunch of 16 seats, no one's watching the final four. Yeah. Yeah, and like there was a, there's like a certain, <laughs> oh, well, like we can talk about this more too. There's like a certain beauty and like how tragic the story was playing out. <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. as you watch it, it's just like, man, we really cannot beat this damn team. Like, we just can't. And, like, how many more ways is this going to happen to where, like, you just got to be on the wrong end of it? And eventually, like, you just got to kind of chuckle, you know? Like, I don't know what else you do other than, like, go to a really dark place, which, you know, when they recovered that fumble by accident in the third quarter, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm headed to a very dark Smith, place right now. <laughs> Smith, Smith, I, was, I, was in the, I, was, I went straight to numb. I fast-forwarded yep. to numb. I was like, you know what? Uh, this has been a what a stupid way to lose a football game. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give them this one. That's a new one. Like it's all yeah, right. Right. Oh, this, see that. this is that was new. the thing. That was the thing for me is is in that moment, and I'll, I'll you know go back and kind of recenter the piece for a minute. But like that, it was definitely like the oh my god, this we did find a new way to do it. But <laughs> but yeah, so like so I think there was like that that impetus of like this has been long enough to where like a lot of people are still alive, but a lot of people are gone. And, you know, we got to see it and kind of like the, the guilt of that and the joy of that, because I think it's both feelings. Um, 
and then just like telling the story of like all of the like very particular and not nearly as important sports heartbreak that like right. went into this of like you know av having followed Georgia since as you know since the early 2000s and late 90s um you know like like I I you know was betting my dad in 95 I think 96 that like you know betting against Georgia in the Peach Bowl because like I knew we were going to lose that kind of thing like you know long in the tooth of Georgia suffering and so to finally see all of that just like you know evaporate like just get snapped out of existence um in like one moment was just like I don't know I like I could not write about that like I, right. I it was it was such a remarkable experience to just be like now all of that becomes this incredible story about finally beating this team rather than just like this unending chain of like man this really it really sucks to be a Georgia fan <laughs> I, I think it's really interesting because it's – and this is something that's happened for the last week, and maybe I'm crazy, but it's never felt like – yes, part of it is very much we're over that hump, but it's less been about who they beat, more been about that they won. And I've yeah. really enjoyed – like you said it, like it's it's the power of smaller numbers. It's because it feels closer. Like you said, 41 years, you can touch 41 years. Yeah. I, my, yeah, that's – yeah. So that's it is it is it makes it tangible in a way that I think you said some of those other ones are hard to kind of get our minds around, but this one it's close enough to hurt. And yeah. uh, I, I wanted to say, man, I thought you captured the spirit of the long-suffering Georgia fan who just looks at the sky and says, "Again, one more time." <laughs> All right, I guess so. But like, you know, this isn't that funny. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll tell you, the thing that was the worst was, and I'm trying to, I, like, it kind of all blurs together of, like, how the uh, the game went, because it was it was so slow, and then all of a sudden was just, like, went 90 to nothing in the fourth yeah. quarter, right? Um, but I think when, when we were, you know, kind of up, I forget when the fumble happens. I think it happens when we're, like, we're up 13-12, I think, right? Um and we just block. I forget if we just blocked the field goal or not. But and then we're trying to drive back down. And and at that point, you're looking up, and it's like we're up by a point. It's like the I think it was the the fourth quarter because I think that's when they got to 18. I seem to remember. And correct me if I'm wrong on that. But like so, it's fourth quarter. Like we're up 12, 13. You're kind of looking at you know, and, and I made the mistake. I came into let me back up. I came into the game having listened to you and Felder on tape. Don't lie. And I was so zen because I was like, there just is no way to overcome the structural disadvantage that we have built into like how Bama's offense works versus what we'd have to do on defense to slow them down or stop their passing attack. You know, our secondary will eventually get torched. Like the dam's going to break eventually, even if we hang on and look good for a while, like it's eventually going to happen. And so like, I'm super Zen the whole time. Like I'm not even, getting, I'm not out of my chair. I'm not in the universal position of all Georgia fans watching games, which is standing up arms crossed, Hand, hand on your chin and thinking position just waiting for the hurt not in that position i'm sitting in my blue chair i'm feeling nice i haven't even like not even hitting the whiskey i'm just sipping beer i'm fine this is going to be you know i i actually honestly felt for like one of the first times in my life i am just kind of happy to be here like it's cool <laughs> that we've vaporized michigan and now get to come play these dudes and all i want is respectability let's just put like i want this defense to be remembered as better than 41 24 right exactly because I, I think they deserve it. And like, it, it really sucks that they don't, they're, they're always going to be kind of asterisks with that game 
of what I think was was surely the greatest defense I have ever seen in my lifetime um, right. for this school. Um, but anyway, so like I'm Zen, I'm feeling great. And then in that, after we got through that third quarter, like you just can't help but look up and go, all right, there are like 10 minutes left in this game. And like, I don't think it, it really didn't hit, hit me until I think we blocked the field goal. And then like Rose Bowl memories started coming up of like blocking Oklahoma. And I'm like, oh God, like we could, like this could be a, like, that's when I kind of went from like laying back in the chair to kind of sitting up a little bit. Yeah. And I regret that because, because I began to hope. And then as soon as that fumble happened, I was just like, I was like, this is the one that's going to make me quit. Like I, like I can't do it. Like if it, if it's, if it's this, it were it like, you know, Jamison Williams has like six touchdowns or whatever, even to like a late Hail Mary almost like we've dealt with that. Like I've done that. I've done that for like four or five times. Like yeah. Georgia's like one of, I think I looked the stat up a long time ago, writing an Oracle. I think Georgia's one of the only teams that I know of in the past, like in cultural history, honestly, but I'm like, at least in the past three decades that has suffered multiple last minute Hail Mary losses. Um, and certainly is the only one that's ever done it in the national championship game. Um, and so like Hail Mary's fine. Like that's old news, man. I've done Hail Mary's. I can handle Hail Mary's, <laughs> but to have it be like, this absolutely just aggressive call by the field official to call it a fumble that there's even a judge over on the side to see that this dude recovers it on the sidelines and he's not like going to get something else. And then knowing like just sitting there knowing and you're like, they, they can't overturn it. Like it's too borderline. It's too perfect. Like it's too perfectly middle of the road for them to overturn it. And I was just like, I, I'm, I'm going to quit. Like this is the end. Like this is the last thing I'm going to do because I cannot do a loss like this um off something so like at that point it, it really is just like yeah we're not meant for this <laughs> like this is like we like we really did curse some kind some kind of god and like we're just we're stuck and of course they score and I, you know then you're just like yeah. oh. at that point i was just like yeah i'm like i'm done like i'm i'm numb as you said i'm like laying back in my chair again <laughs> Like it was whiskey instead of beer. I'm like, I cannot believe. And I'm, and I, it was that. And also and I say this in the piece, like I was mad that I had gotten, let myself get to that point. Cause like, I was right. really trying to do this better and like, you know, be way more Zen about it. And like, I was mad that I was mad, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> mad that I was upset because like, I knew we were going to lose the game and then that happened and we're going to lose the game. But like, I'm still so pissed that I had any moment of hope in the thing. It is a, uh, it's a great piece again, for those we love who should be here, dogsports.com. Uh, you want to stick around for a second, talk a little bit about NFL? Yeah. All right, let's do that. So this past weekend, we had our first slate of super wild card games. And yes, there are other sports stories. You know how I feel about Joker Ventures. Nothing I can say here that the Australian government didn't already say. Get out and don't come back. So we're going to go directly to the NFL. We're going to go directly to the wild card round. Jason, this is, and you and I know, oh my, this is, I'm so glad you're here. 10 years. I've been a pain in the ass about the DCS. Yes. <laughs> 10 years. I've been, I'll say it, annoying about my anti-playoff stance. Sure. But if the obliteration of Michigan and Cincinnati didn't do it for you, how about I give you a weekend of six games and only two of them are worth your time? Yeah, it was it was very bad. It was not a fun weekend. Like for those of us that were, you know, 
still high off of the Georgia national championship win. And then we're like, man, it stinks. There's no college football right now. You know, I was like, oh, but hey, there's, you know, there's this fun NFL stuff that I, that I pay attention to right around this time, honestly, wildcard weekend. I really plug in. Mm-hmm. Um, my Titans are good. So I got to, you know, I got to plug in for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I was very, I was kind of surprised because I, like we were talking earlier before the show started, like I, they, it's usually not like this. Like wildcard weekend is usually like wonderful. And it, like you get that witching hour in almost every game um, mm. for wildcard weekends. Uh, but yeah, this time it was just like, okay, yeah, this is the, the haves versus the have nots here. And I mean, we look, and I don't mean to, you know, shots fired or anything, but like, I think we all kind of knew the Eagles were going to do that. I don't think we yes. expected it from everybody else. <laughs> so let's, let's start with everybody else. Um, first up, the Bills and the Patriots, Josh Allen, who, and I'm going to say this loud and clear, I was super duper wrong about. Oh my God. Like, I don't know how much more wrong. I've never been as wrong about a player as I was. Well, I mean, that, that's probably not true, but, but I like, it definitely was I was like, yeah, with that, with that one, I was like, what are they doing picking this guy? And he has been just now that he's finally learned not to heave it a thousand miles an hour every time. And, you know, actually but hit like, the Jason, his first two years in this league, he was bad. He was off. And then the pandemic year comes and I was like, maybe it's a no crowd thing. And now this year, I've got to eat the crow here, but I'll tell you what this tells me more than anything else. He knew he was bad too. Yeah. He's improved dramatically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think there was no denying that. And it was also like a, okay, this is just like a, this is a, you paid way more money for Ryan Fitzpatrick is what it felt like, you know, like Mm -hmm. you could have, like, if you want a guy who's going to like try to put a hole through his receiver every time he throws the ball, and like is, you know, you're going to have to put some kind of warning in the stands that, you know, you sit here at your own risk because Allen might hit you in the head with a, you know, 90 mile an hour fastball. Um, like if you wanted that guy, you could have just gotten Brian Fitzpatrick for, you know, pretty good money. But instead you like wasted a really big draft pick on this guy. Um, but yeah, like he, I mean, he decimated uh, the Patriots and then they, has they scored on every drive. It's I mean, it, it was a about as perfect an ass whooping as you could script. So, and and I'm not that guy. I don't do the reactionary horseshit. But, like, structurally in New England, my big thing all season for them was, oh, they got their defenders back from last year's COVID strikes. Like, this will be a better defense. And it has been. And then I watched them get just absolutely obliterated. And I can't help that not being the last thing I saw from them. Yeah. Like, now I've, I've got to question everything I've watched this year because I'm like, wait, Bill Belichick should at least put up a fight. This seems gross. Yeah, right. it, it, um, well, it, it proves that personnel, you know, there are limits to what, like, the greatest coach of all time true. can do. You know, like, Kirby's right. Like, you can't beat recruiting. You can't beat roster personnel. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like, you know, you want to know the reason Bill Belichick lost is because you don't have any good players. <laughs> like, like, you, you want to <laughs> fix this problem, you're going to need some, you're going to need some dudes. I, uh, I, I, I'm really glad you're here because that is the most prescient and accurate analysis I could ever ask for, my friend. I'm an expert on the NFL. I'm, I, I, long, I watch a lot. As long as I don't bring it to the state of Missouri, we'll be fine. <laughs> um, Bucks obliterate the Eagles. And I think, we, like you said, we saw some coming. The Eagles probably should have been in the playoffs. It's looking awesome at you, Pencil, uh, Steelers. What happened in Pennsylvania this year? Um, oh, Tom Brady threw two touchdowns. I don't know what to tell you. I don't think they're that good this year. Like, I think they're going to have a problem in the next couple of rounds, but like, they've got to deal with the Rams next week. But I mean, I'm just, have you seen the stat where it's like, well, let me pull it up on my phone. I've got it here. It's career playoff yards. 
Have you seen these numbers? No. So third place is Ben Roethlisberger, 5,800. Second We're place, still- Peyton Manning, 7,300. Yeah. In first place, Tom Brady with 12,000. Jeez. Postseason <laughs> passing yards. I know. They play more games, and it's the passing league now. Yeah, that's all really cool. It's also super weird that Tom Brady's about to double up. He's going to double up Peyton Manning for retirement. That That's nuts, too, considering that, like, I mean, I, I know that I guess – I guess I recall in Indy and Denver, definitely not in Denver, but I feel like yeah. in, well, I, guess, I mean, they always, he always had decent, like he had Edger and James and um, a couple of other good running backs, but like, Pey- it's not like Peyton didn't throw the ball all the time. That was kind of the whole thing with Peyton Manning is like, just that let him be the, the general. He's going to like throw, you know, he's going to throw 75 yard outs, but you're going to lose, you know, 30 to 24 or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. My favorite NFL, like apocryphal story. Oh, my favorite one, but one of my favorite ones is, they were at a, uh, a Colts practice, and they were asking why the backups weren't getting any tosses. And the coach says, well, you see, Manning goes down, we're fucked. We just <laughs> practice fucked. And that's a pretty good answer. Um, yeah. Another blowout that was, I guess, foreseeable, Chiefs Steelers. Yay, yeah, I can yeah, talk yeah. about Mahomes going going into Mikua, whatever. Jason, um, can I agree that no one outside of Pittsburgh Gives a shit about Ben Roethlisberger's retirement. No, not at all. Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I do not care. I do not give a single shit. They have assumed that I care on well, a hey, lot well, of levels. And let's just while we're while we're in like you know sicko mode discussing terrible wildcard games, we can at least make the comparison to like the Eagles had the decency to make it to make their blowout stupid and therefore kind of entertaining. Like if you're gonna get blown out, at least get blown out looking extremely dumb, like yakety sacks playing in the background. The Steelers were just sad. Like, it's just sad to watch. Like, yeah, y'all aren't any good. Like, you you got a, you know, you got a 70-year-old quarterback. I don't know what to tell you, but, like, you know, there's – I you I, – I don't wish better necessarily for Steelers fans because I don't think that's a thing that you should do. Um, but I do think just from a totally neutral standpoint, it's more fun when the Steelers are kind of fun and interesting, and they're just not interesting this- at all. This is actually this season, my, for my money, this game was the perfect level of Steelers interesting. A defense that is feisty enough that we've got fun Steelers tweets in the first quarter that vanished by the second quarter. Yeah, right. <laughs> because right. Matt Rams threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, Monday night, the Los Angeles Bulldogs, I'm sorry, Rams, yeah. um, just reminded us that this Cliff Kingsbury thing, he had a losing record at Texas Tech. Which is harder than you think. Go Google coaches and records at Texas Tech. They tend to win a bunch. And uh, he didn't. And uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's playoff time or yada, 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 but 11 points out of that, that's not going to get it done. I had so much higher hopes for this game. Like, I really did think, I don't know why I bought in, but I, I, I really did think this was going to be at least fun. Like, we'd get a little more of a track meet. And then it's just like one side forgot to run and just kind of fell down uh, when the gun went off. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really, you know, just again, of those of the three games we've just mentioned, like you could just throw those out and just have given the teams that won buys and yeah. it would have been just it would have been fine. Uh, I will say this. I will continue my adoption of Leonard Floyd, Sony Michelle and Matthew Stafford as the West Coast Dogs. Um and you have to you have to root for Stafford too. Now, I mean, I think the I wanted the Rams to win no matter what because I really want to see that that guy after spending so many years in Detroit purgatory, 
uh, Detroit of Gurgi. Uh, I don't know how to make that, that that portmanteau work, but like <laughs> that guy deserves, you know, to at least see the mountaintop a little bit. So I, you know, big big fan of Stafford, rooting for him. Ho- hopefully you'll you'll. The only you know, two people I'm cheering for there. more than Stafford on that team, Odell Beckham, because oh buddy, <laughs> for for the lols. Joe, just because I've had, you know, I've had to watch a lot of people talk a lot of shit about Baker Mayfield and how it was Odell's fault in Cleveland. And meanwhile, look at, oh, look at, if you look, if you're fun for stats, go look at the percentage of passes that went to wide receivers in Cleveland. I'll wait. Now, yeah. the other person I feel great for is Tony Michelle because yeah. anyone who can stick it to, to Bill Belichick in a public manner, I'm all for. And yeah, that's what I'm for. I'm just gonna leave it at that. I don't. Appreciate how he's using New England. I'm excited to get a shot here because it doesn't always happen for running backs in this league. No. And yeah. I'm glad he found a second life there. Now let's talk about the games that were fun. Um, I could have told you this game would be fun just because of the two idiot franchises involved. The Raiders and Bengals where no one oh could lose. God. Where someone <laughs> had so to win. <laughs> um... In case you don't know, like in case you're a younger person than me, which most people listening are because I'm old. Um, Bo Jackson's the game he hurt his hip was the last time was the game after the Bengals' last playoff win, which is insane. Did not know that. <laughs> That's insane to me. And of course, it's these two teams again, and of course they're playing in Cleveland or excuse me, Cincinnati. Doesn't matter, Ohio. And I could talk for days about the talent on both sides of the ball, how much I want Richard Benicasa to keep that job in, the, in uh, Las Vegas. Did you see that somebody, quote, unquote, tweeted out a picture of him running handwritten thank you cards to all the players? He's campaigning for his job, and yeah. I appreciate that. The story here is Broadway Joe Burrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My new favorite player. <laughs> I love, I love the dude. Even when he was vaporizing us in college, like you know, and in, tw- in twenty eighteen, in twenty eighteen, like, like, yeah, yeah, in twenty eighteen, I was mad because like that was the one game that kind of ended it for us. And then that LSU team was still bad, you know. Like it, then it was point. It was like y'all are just being annoying. Twenty nineteen, it was like this is this dude's a friggin' artist. Like just get out of the way. Like just enjoy. And if again, as I think we Georgia fans will say for quite some time, like the 2019 LSU offense is what it, I know it must have felt like for an offensive team to watch Georgia's 2021 defense. Like it was just, it wasn't just impressive. It was like aesthetically pleasing. It was like looking at a work of art. And so, yeah, when he goes to the league, I, I tell you this, I did not think to me, like the, the story is Joe Burrow. To me, the shocking thing is Jamar Chase. I did not think Chase would be this good immediately. And he is a, Friggin' cheat code. I cannot believe they let them get reunited. Like that's, I'm just like, this is malpractice. Someone should have stopped this. Yeah, I mean, surely you're, they're thinking the same thing I'm thinking, which is like, well, yeah, like I'm sure that like he's pretty good, but like they were, he had so many weapons, like you couldn't double anybody on that offense. This is the NFL. We can put you on an island, you know. Like I don't know who the, you know. Jalen Ramsey's going to have you in hell, whatever. I have no idea who's good in the NFL anymore. But, <laughs> but so, like, with, with Chase, I was like, all right, that's – I mean, that's fine. That's kind of homerish. And I forget who was available at the time, but, like, I thought – you know, I'm sure I was sitting there going, like, take the offensive lineman, you know, right. take an edge rusher. Always, what yeah, are you yeah. doing? Like, take an offensive lineman, protect Joe Burrow so he doesn't die. And then they take Chase, and I'm like, all right, fine. You know, sure, you know, give, give him more weapons, whatever. And then he's just a 
damn cheat code. You cannot <laughs> cover him. It is the most fun I had this weekend, the least amount of fun I had this weekend because it gave me Falcons flashbacks with watching Kyle Shanahan try to give away a lead, Niners right. Cowboys, in a game ripped from all of our childhoods. Now, oh, yeah. this is okay, the part you, of the you think about that real quick. That I had a moment today, or not today, well, that day on, on the Wild Card Sunday. Um, I had a moment where, like, I looked up, and they were talking about the Cowboys-Niners, Troy Aikman versus Steve Young game. And I'm, like, talking to my wife, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that time they were in the Super Bowl. And she's like, that's not what they said on the TV. And I'm, like, looking up going, the NFC Championship game. And in my head, literally, <laughs> like, I thought I – I went to my cousin's birthday party on the day that that game was played. And I could have sworn to you, this shows you how much I know about the NFL, that that was the Super Bowl, that there was no other game after that. Um, yeah, like I, I, I swore, I was like, yeah, that's, they, they, this, you know, they played the Super Bowl. This was the rivalry, like you're right. It felt like the Super Bowl because whoever won that game was going to win the Super Bowl that year. And so yeah. while those teams clashed in the 90s, since 2001, this is where I point out to everyone, the Cowboys have won three playoff games. Three. Yeesh. And so even Kyle Shanahan's best attempts couldn't let the Cowboys not melt down at home. The only home team to win to lose Wild Card Weekend. Yep. And the funniest ending of a football game <laughs> yes. that I've ever seen. And I know that Dak has released a statement saying he shouldn't have said the things of the refs, which he shouldn't have said. Yeah. Um, but anyone who's ever played football or watched a lot of football, particularly college football, if it's a hurry-up situation, you give the ball to the ref. Because they've got to place it. And the Cowboys trying to set the ball for themselves. <laughs> and that costing them the game is the funniest outcome. Because it's the result of the actions of Jerry Jones's hand-picked puppet, Mike McCarthy. Yeah, God. I, like, I think... Part of me was sitting there going, you know, I hate that it, like, I think it's funny. I hate that it ends this way because, uh, you know, I, I like to see it more play out on the, I guess it, the funny thing is that it did play out on the field. Like, it's not as if, like, they, we had something taken from us. It's like, no, you did something really stupid on the field. It wasn't like, you know, you're watching the Patriots get vaporized and you're like, well, this, this problem is like a general manager thing. Like, they don't have anybody good on this team and the Bills are just vaporizing them. With this one, it's like the Cowboys probably were the better team. Like Jerry actually did a pretty good job getting C.D. Lamb and, you know, Dak, his, extending Dak, all of that good stuff. And then right after all of that happened, they still do this really dumb shit that cost them the game. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say to Cowboys fans apart from like, yeah, you're, you're in, a, you're in a, dark, a dark time, man. I don't, you know, at least you didn't draft Johnny Manziel. That's, that's a good one. My advice to Cowboys fans is to have one of their other favorite teams win something. Because honestly, Jason, I know you got the Titans and whatever. The Falcons can't hurt me ever. I may never watch a Falcons game again. I think it's a good strategy, to be fair. What What's gain? What's gain from any bit of it? I yeah. can't think of a thing. I, I, like, I'm, with them, it's like also – me watching sort of Richard Johnson on Twitter be a Jaguars fan. It's just like, man, that's, that's just a place I don't want to be, you know, like I just, I, I, I don't, I've, I've suffered through Georgia stuff, but Georgia always had that thing of like, they're, they're still close. So like you're going some places, 
Right. Falcons, I'm just, I don't know why you subject, it's like, you know, I don't know why you subject yourself to that. I don't, I don't think I, it's worth it. Nothing right's happened since 28-3. And I, I honestly, every year I give them about a quarter, quarter and a half to do something irresponsible on the football field and I quit. I'm like, oh, I'm out. My Sundays are back. And uh, I'm excited to be in this place now and to have it buffeted by a Georgia football win. Ladies and gentlemen, for those we love who should be here, once again, dogsports.com. Jason, man, thank you for coming on. Thank you for hanging out. And thank you for being another Juju Crazy alumni who will come and talk to me about this stupid team we love so much. Heck yeah, man. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. So uh, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more audio goodness. I'm actually going to be – it looks like I might be on the road this weekend, so maybe do a live podcast with someone – Another future crazy alumni. So uh, we'll see if that actually happens. That was your show. There is our outro. See you guys next week.